You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Rosie Report, Spring Training Edition. It's all you need to know about the Tribe in Goodyear. Daily updates, player interviews, along with other spring training hijinks and tomfoolery. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. This is the Rosebud Report, blossoming from spring training. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Rosie Report as we take a look back at Friday's action in the Cactus League for the Tribe. And we'll hear from Tristan McKenzie, Indian starting pitcher who pitched on Friday. And uh, he has some thoughts and observations about the year ahead when he hopes will be a year spent in the major leagues in the Indians' starting rotation. But first, a look back at Friday's action in Mesa for the Indians against the Cubs. The Tribe wins it by a final score of 10-4 on a day where Bobby Bradley continued his push to win the first base job. He went one for three with a booming home run in the sixth inning, and his three-run shot helped the Indians to a four-run sixth, snapped a 4-4 tie, and sent the Tribe on its way to the 10-4 win. So Bobby Bradley now with two home runs on the spring. Also with some good days offensively, Cesar Hernandez with an RBI double. His first plate appearance, Jose Ramirez with an RBI single midway through. And Eddie Rosario was one for two with three runs driven in, a two-run single and also a sack fly for Rosario. Strong day for him at the plate. So uh, some good hitting for the Tribe. On Friday, on the mound, Tristan McKenzie with two innings, allowing a couple of runs. And uh, Cal Quantrill really had trouble with his command, an inning and a third. He walked a pair and allowed a couple of runs. But certainly the highlights for the Indians, relievers. Emmanuel Classe pumping fastballs close to 100 miles an hour through a scoreless inning, as did Anthony Goes, trying to make that conversion from position player to power arm in the pen. He, too, was close to 100 miles an hour with the hard stuff as he retired the side in order to finish the game up in the seventh inning. So a good day for the Tribe. Tribe manager Terry Francona talked about it afterwards. What did you think of McKenzie today, Tito? Uh, a little bit like last outing. Didn't think his, his uh, command was, was all that sharp. You know, he worked behind, especially early, a lot. Um, Carl's trying to get him to, to get into his legs a little bit more just so it's not all arm. You know, he's either leaving some up high or, or down low. Um, he went on the bullpen through about 15 more just trying to get into his legs a little bit when he was done. Quantrill looked like he just had kind of, he said he felt, he said he just felt off today. You know what? I, I didn't think he was that bad. There were so many close pitches, and I know that they don't count, but. You know, when you see a guy fall, following the glove, there was a lot of pitches that just made the innings longer. And it's not anybody's fault. I don't think the umpire did a bad job. I just, you know, I just don't think Cal was missing by a lot. Tito, what did you think of Classe? I, th- I thought his stuff was really good, really good. That was uh, he and Anthony Ghost, you know, one from the left, one from the right. That's, you know, you're looking at upper 90s fastball with with breaking ball I thought Classe uses breaking ball today he brought that out a little bit that was those were two innings fun innings to watch 
Hey, Tito, I asked, I asked Tristan before if he really feels like he belongs, and not surprisingly, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm more comfortable than I was last year, but I still feel a little wide-eyed when I'm out there facing Baez and, and Rizzo and like that. Is that refreshing to hear, though, that a kid, you know, he under, kind of understands his place, Tito, that he's still got work to do? Well, I, as long as he got, you know, that part's great, you know, understanding, because I think everybody always has work to do. I mean, myself included. But I, I hope that he's not kind of being deferential. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like I, 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 I get your point. As long as it's a respect thing where, hey, this is the amount of time I have in the league. But once we hit the field, man, it doesn't matter. You don't back down from a challenge. And hopefully that's not what he meant by it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was implying okay. that. I think just Good. kind of a – a humility about, you know. The- I think he's an extremely humble, nice kid. That's Indians manager Terry Francona also visiting with the media after the game, Bobby Bradley, talking about what's been a good spring. Bobby, whenever you've talked about changing your weights different times throughout, uh, trying yourself at different weights, was there ever any concern about what that could do to power whenever you were going through that transition? Uh, yeah, there definitely was, especially like um... – what was it 18 that I came in down that 30 pounds um I doing it the wrong way and I lost a ton of my power in that way and then um and just me being me I just kind of like gained it back to get it back and uh just kind of went through a little bit more research and did it the right way this time what is the right way (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this offseason I went back home to Mississippi and um once a week, for one week every month, I went to uh, Traction Sports Performance in Baton Rouge uh, with uh, Ryan Terrio and Mac Chewilly, and um, we got a good off-season plan uh, working through them and uh, got my running in, started the weights, and then we slowly started incorporating baseball stuff. So was there more of an emphasis on cardio, or like, what did you, how did you change your routine that has affected you this way? Uh, it just kind of started with me. I woke up one day and just decided to go on a run. And then me and my buddy started waking up at 6 a.m. every day going on a run. But um, I went through, I'd say, three phases uh, during the offseason. The first one was a lot of functional movements, getting the weight off, opening the hips up a little bit, just being able to move, being a little bit more dynamic. And then um, phase two around November through the beginning of December was the power phase. That's where I was just trying to lift every weight I could find and just get as heavy as I could. And then uh, phase three coming into January, just kind of like took it back a little bit, you know, stayed functional to keep that strength. And now it's just about staying conditioned and just staying ready for the season. So what does this do then, Bobby, when, when you make a change like that and then you have success? Does it just kind of snowball? Uh, yeah, I mean, and um, we don't ever look for success like right away, but and just not getting discouraged when it doesn't come right away either. Um, but just sticking to the routine, um, knowing what got me here and uh, in this position that I am in now. What are the differences you can tell when you're in the field in terms of your, your ability to move or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I just feel lighter on my feet. Uh, my first step has gotten a little bit quicker, and I feel like I've uh, gained a little bit of range out in the field, and I'm just a little bit more mobile at the at the plate. I didn't get a chance to see it. How far did you hit that ball? I don't even know. I kind of want to know. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd probably say probably like more well, 410, 415-ish. Farther or shorter than the one that you hit off of the uh, structure last week? God, I wish the wind was blowing out that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I'd say it'd be pretty close. It'd be very interesting to see. So, Framil says he wants to hit the scoreboard in left field at, at Progressive Field. Don't you wish there was a scoreboard in right field as well? I mean, that or, I mean, I'll just take the upper deck over there. It's no biggie. <laughs> oh, that's no biggie. Tito was saying yesterday that, you know, a spring training home run doesn't go on your baseball card, but but it does it does it give you that reinforcement, that feeling that, yeah, yeah, I can do this, and just a, a good reminder or what have you? Yeah, I mean, spring training um, in the years that I've come to learn is just like a, a huge confidence booster coming into the season. You know, just getting out here, having fun. You know, all these guys were all joking around, laughing, music playing all day long, just having fun, just getting back into the grind. be interesting to see how that battle shapes up between Bradley and also Jake Bowers in the mix, among others. But uh, those were your two primary players involved in the battle for the first base job by the end of camp. Tristan McKenzie, certainly an intriguing name to keep an eye on this spring. The 23-year-old made his major league debut a season ago and was impressive for the Tribe. And as he prepared for this season, trying to make sure that he is healthy every step of the way and durable every step of the way. And he says he was able to learn quite a bit off of last season. Um, All right, Tristan, off-season, coming off that first year in the major leagues, and and when you look back on it, you get home, have a chance to let it sink in a little bit. What what did you think about that that whole experience and, and how it may set you up for some some really good things now in the future? Yeah, I mean, I'd say this offseason was definitely more insightful than a lot of my past ones, just from the fact that I, I kind of got a taste of what the big leagues was like, and I definitely want a little bit more of it. Uh, so I definitely took the time this offseason to, to really focus in and hone in on what I needed to do to come out here and just perform day in and day out. Things that uh, you want to improve on, were you able to work on things in the offseason or do you kind of have to wait till you get here to, to really put them into play? No, I'd, I'd say a lot of the stuff is more more off field. I feel like a lot of the stuff when you when you're out on the field and you're competing, a lot of that stuff handles itself. Uh, going out there and playing with the guys is the same thing that you've been doing for years on end as a baseball player for the most part. And when in the offseason is where you can get a lot of the work done without having to focus on a lot of the the intangibles about playing game, playing the game and focusing on the other team. This time a year ago, I'm, I'm sure there were still a, a lot of thoughts of, you know, am I going to get there and, and when might that be and all of that. Uh, does it seem like a long time ago or, or a short time ago that, that you were going through all that? Uh, it definitely feels like a short time. I'd say I could remember, remember it like it was just yesterday. Uh, anytime that, I come actually even anytime that I'm out in this Arizona complex, it, it reminds me of, I guess, a hardship that I had to go through with the injuries. Uh, and it just provides me with more of a drive to, to kind of stay here. When did it turn for you where you said, you know, I didn't, I can do this. I can get to the major league, stay healthy and everything that goes along with that. Uh, I'd say on debut day, uh, once I kind of got out there and I was able to see how my stuff performed against big league hitters and I felt comfortable on the mound. Uh, by the end of the season, I felt that if I was able to to perform and make sure I was healthy and go out there and do all the stuff off the field, I'd be able to go out there and compete. When you look at, at the rotation that you're around, and, and some of it's changed a little bit, but 
uh, some of the other pitchers, uh, they always talk about watching other pitchers in the rotation and trying to learn from them. Anyone in particular that, that you learn from and, and really kind of lean on a little bit? It's hard not to say Bieber. Uh, but I would say, honestly, it's all the guys. Uh, and it's it's just little stuff from, from each of them. Uh, each of them has different personalities. Each of them goes about their day a little bit differently. Uh, but at this, at the end of the day, they all go out there and they're great pitchers and they all, they all go out there and they compete with their ass. Uh, and it's more just figuring out what they do really, really well. Bieber goes out there and he, he's a bulldog on the mound and police acts a little more flashy, but he gets it done the same way. Off the field. Uh, I know in the off season, it was announced that you're part of the, the true to you mentoring program back in the, the Cleveland school district. Uh, how has that gone so far? And, and, and what have you found as, as you've gone through that process of mentoring, uh, not really young kids, but, but kids just getting ready for high school? Uh, I'd say shout out to the guys at uh, Valley View Leadership. Uh, those guys are really, really good about just communicating with me. Uh, just I, I feel like I'm stepping into a mentorship program, but I'm really learning a lot from them as to what their dreams and goals are and how they plan to achieve them. Uh, I'm just trying to be a positive role model, but those kids are, are amazing. What made you want to do it? Uh, just to kind of give back to the community. Uh, personally, I feel like I wish I would have had a role model like that, even to help me out. I feel like I had a lot of great people around me and I feel like even just one positive influence is could change a person's life. And if I could be that person or if I could just turn one of those kids in the right direction, then it's a major win for me as well as for them, hopefully. Off season, mainly at home in Florida? All of it, yeah. So I, I know you've talked in the past about how good your mom's cooking is. Can can <laughs> we rank some some of the your favorites? That, that so she... we have mom's cooking and dad's cooking. Oh. Uh, but mom, uh, baked macaroni, any type of Italian, some, some baked ziti is probably my favorite by her. And then my dad makes some great chili. Uh, shout out, Pops. Uh, I could eat that chili almost every day. Uh, and then, honestly, anything. Anything he puts in front of me, I, I crush. So what do you do when you get to Arizona and you're away from them for an extended period of time? <laughs> Try to recreate it as best I can, honestly. <laughs> and uh, how about your brother? Do you spend some time at, at Vanderbilt with him or... Or is it something where you guys just talk over the phone a lot? So, I mean, he was home for, for a lot of time during the offseason. Uh, so I was able to – it felt it almost felt like we were little kids again. I was able to kind of just pop in his room and bother him every once in a while. We communicate really well. Even when he's at school and we're not around each other in person, we're able to talk on the phone almost every day and just kind of communicate as to how his day went, uh, what baseball is looking like for him, how my day went, what I did in my day in terms of what bullpens I threw, how did I feel. Uh, he's kind of the one I bounce off off of, and we have just a, set, a special rapport just being brothers. I know the question's been asked of you. Does, does he ask you about what life in the major leagues is like? I want to flip that around, though. Um, do you ask him what college life is like because he, yeah. he's going through it? Yeah, I, tr I try to as much as possible in terms of just picking his brain about how his classes went and trying to not necessarily distract him from baseball, but just figure out how everything's going over there. Uh, I know he's got a lot on his plate from from schoolwork to to being out in the field and competing on that on that front. So I try to you know get both sides from him. And as you look at this team, uh, obviously some roster moves in the off season, some changes. It's it's every team that goes through that. Um, 
do you ever think of yourself as part of that next wave of, of good young talent that's coming through and, and trying to keep what's been a really good stretch of Indians baseball going? Uh, I wouldn't, I've never honestly looked at it like that. It's more just, I'm out there playing with the guys. I'm trying to, I feel like I'm trying to keep up at certain points. Uh, just watching, going, going and watching Bieber throw, going and watching Savali throw, going and watching Plesak throw, or just last year having Frankie behind me, I felt like a, a little kid in a candy store, just kind of starstruck and just trying to keep up with those guys. Tristan McKenzie, nice young man who has a chance to really be something special. We'll see if uh, he indeed is a part of that Indian starting rotation at the start of the season. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Austin Contrulis, and Courtberry Tripp for their help from the Indians PR department. Until our next edition, most likely tomorrow. We'll see, but uh, we'll hope to crank one out again for you tomorrow. This is Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much for listening to the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.